You're listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life, it's episode 113, it's our post-WrestleMania 33 show, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, big picture, what do you think of WrestleMania this year? Um, I thought it was a, a very good show. Um, maybe not very good, but it was it was good, I enjoyed it. Um, better than last year, I thought. <laughs> Obviously too long. Uh, it was, if you watched the whole, if you watched, started at the pre-show, it was over seven hours, but... Um, Overall, I thought it was uh, it was good. It was pretty entertaining. Um, as we go match match by match, we can kind of talk about what specifically worked and didn't work. But I, I'd give it a you know one thumb up. Uh, what about you? I enjoyed it more than last year as well. Uh, it's difficult for me to rate these seven hour shows. My God! <laughs> <laughs> after everything, after Seth and Hunter, I did, I'm just I'm just tired. <laughs> I you know. You really got to blow me away to get me back into the show after, you know, hour five is complete. And uh, kudos to everyone that worked very hard tonight. But after even, I would say, as... Well, we'll get into it as we as we get down the show here. The show opened with uh, Neville and Austin Aries for the Cruiserweight title. Neville retained the championship after uh, it raking Austin Aries' eye. Uh, playing into his orb- orbital injury, what you think of the opener? Uh, it was it was good. It felt like maybe they uh, just an idea. Maybe they got a little bit of their time cut. Um, felt like maybe they were trying to squeeze about fifteen minutes into a a nine or ten minute match. But uh, really good. Uh, you know these guys are awesome, and uh, we talked about it on the pre-show. But I think you know there's legs to this feud. So, uh, you know, I'm fine with having Aries uh, chase it a little bit more. What about you? I thought it was fine. I don't have the time in front of me, but I thought, actually, they got more time than I anticipated. Um, So I don't know exactly how long they went, but I thought it was about right. And, um, yeah, a little bit of a weird placement having the heel win the opener, but, hey, uh, it's wrestling in 2017. This business has passed us by. (laughs) Um, we had a little bit of a audio glitch on our WrestleMania preview show where I think the part of the show where I said giving um, SmackDown thinking Mojo Raleigh was going to win the Battle Royal, I believe my audio dropped out at that moment. Um, but they sure left you leaving SmackDown thinking <laughs> Mojo Raleigh was going to win the Andre the Giant Battle Royal this, this year. And Mojo freaking Raleigh won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. What'd you think? Um, I, I mean, I, it's cool. It was uh, they had they had Rob Gronkowski there from the Patriots, so that was their big celebrity moment for the year. Um, maybe like like Ronda Rousey and Shaq now they'll tease a match on social media for a year and then never deliver it, just like uh, as is now customary for uh, WrestleMania celebrities. But uh, why uh, you know why in God's name they left Jinder Mahal in there till the end uh, is beyond me. But um, yeah, I mean they they obviously they like they like Mojo. Um 
he's Ugh. he's he's a somewhat dangerous combination. I think you may have more words on this than I do. But he's oh, yeah. he's sloppy and he's and he moves very fast and he hits very hard and that's kind of a dangerous combination. Yeah, it's not just that he's bad, it's that he's bad and he's out of control. Um Yeah. He he is and he's a giant guy too. Um speaking of giant guys, you see Gronk in the ring there and you realize how actually tiny uh, a lot of the roster is. Uh, you know, Gronk is what? I don't know, 6'6", legit or something like that? I don't know what they bill Corbin at, but, um, I mean, was Gronk taller than Corbin? He's around. He's in that neighborhood if he, if he wasn't. Um, yeah, he's, he's a big fella. Um, Com- completely exposing the business here tonight. <laughs> yep. Uh, interesting to see Killian Dane last so long. I guess uh, I guess they they have some plans for him on uh, on NXT television going forward. But uh, yeah, other than that, they uh, Sami Zayn's big moment was eliminating Titus O'Neil. Uh, that was his big his make good for being buried for the last six months. Um, other than, yeah, other than that, there weren't, weren't really any standout moments in this for me. They uh, they did the spot early where they dumped both of the favorites. They dumped Big Show and Braun, and uh, yeah. Then I thought Sammy for sure was going to be in, but as you uh, pointed out, with Gronk at ringside, there it kind of telegraphed, you know, the Sports Center moment they're looking for. So um, I don't expect Mojo. St- I still don't expect Mojo to go anywhere in his career. Uh- <laughs> I think. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be on the road with with Dolph for probably the next two or three months of SmackDown house shows. So. I mean, I mean, Dolph as a heel is probably a good guy to for him to work with, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll file that one under. We'll see. Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin for the Intercontinental Championship got bumped to the pre-show. Uh, oh boy, Dean looks like he's in a lot of pain these days, and uh, Baron Corbin is very green. And they had a guy who's hurting and a guy who's green. I thought Ambrose retained the title. Are you surprised by the finish? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't know what, like where, where either of these guys goes. I mean, they seem like they've, they seem like they get real, they got real high on Corbin. And then right as he maybe is on the cusp of getting over to another level, they, they tend to cut the legs out from under him. Um, which to an extent is just what, is just what they do. we, uh, we kind of mentioned we mentioned uh, you know Drew McIntyre who has now officially signed with NXT by the way um, you know he and uh, tons of other guys have kind of had that stop and start push over the years so but uh, yeah weird uh, I mean I guess I mean the the babyface won clean with his move so I don't I don't know I don't anticipate this continuing but I don't really know who there is for for Dean to rest to wrestle I mean hopefully there's there maybe there's some NXT call ups coming but. Um, that that SmackDown roster is pretty bare, so uh, we'll see. Again, another one to file under. We'll see. AJ Styles defeated Shane McMahon in the main show opener. This is a stunt show for the most part. When they actually grappled, not so much. What do you think, AJ and Shane? Um, <laughs> it was fine. Um, my personal visceral hatred for Shane McMahon as an in-ring competitor probably prevents me from being fair to this. 
Um, his punches are still terrible. His fake MMA triangles and arm bars and stuff is dumb. But, I mean, the rest... He blew up about 90 seconds in, too. Yeah. I mean, AJ, AJ worked very hard. And uh, for every sh- uh, for every stiff shot Shane gave AJ, a- AJ gave him one right back, maybe even harder than Shane hit him. So... Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it wasn't bad. I can't, I can't, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I won't lie. I won't lie to our listener. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. Um, it was as good as it was going to be considering, uh, who AJ's opponent was, but just ready, just ready for every, um, let's, let's just move on. Let's, let's put this dark chapter in our nation's history behind us. Kevin Owens beat Chris Jericho in the battle of former best friends uh, to win the United States title. The title was downplayed. I'm not even sure if it was even mentioned until after Owens won the won the match. Uh, Owens won after hitting a power bomb on the apron, um, which, uh, man, if I'm Chris Jericho and I'm 46, 47 years old, I'm not taking any power bombs on the apron. But here, where I would, it would be mania. But. Uh, the finish felt a little flat to me. Like, okay, makes sense, but felt a little flat. What did you think of Jericho and Owens? I thought, uh, other than the flat finish, I enjoyed it. What did you think? Yeah, uh, they they worked really hard. Uh, Jericho's kind of been a guy who's uh, when he works when he works as a babyface is kind of still trying to have you know old school Chris Jericho matches, and he's just maybe a step slower than he was even two or three years ago. So, uh, you know, moves a little slower, but I thought they paced the match very well and did uh, the spot where Owens went for the pop-up powerbomb and Jericho countered into the code breaker was awesome. Uh, so some, some creative stuff in there. Um, and it, yeah, it was, uh, I guess maybe, maybe because we already saw the apron powerbomb Jericho in the, in the festival friendship that, uh, you know, since we'd already seen it, it wasn't, maybe it just didn't feel like quite as big a deal, but, uh, yeah, I mean it's it's obviously it's the right finish. You got Owens will will be on Raw, and at least temporarily, Jericho is probably going away for a month or two. I believe he is advertised for some shows in I think starting back in June. So, assuming he's he'll be back sooner rather than later, but uh, yeah, it was fine. Maybe a little underwhelming, and its place on the card uh, was not it was not given a chance to be a show stealer, so to speak, but. Yeah, it was two two very good professional wrestlers had a good match, so nothing really to complain about here. Uh, my fiance and I made pepperoni rolls for WrestleMania. What did you think? They were delicious. Uh, Bailey retained the women's title in a Raw uh, a four way elimination match. Uh, this was a weird match. I have no idea why they put. Uh, well, I mean, I know they want to get all the women on the show. But it was really weird. Uh, they did not get a lot of time, and then Bailey won with her Randy Savage elbow, which looks awesome. But no one in the building thought it was going to be the finish. She just pinned Charlotte clean as a sheet in the middle of the ring. What did you think of this uh, cluster? It was all right. They didn't get a lot of time. Um, and Nia was eliminated maybe maybe three or four minutes into the match, and Sasha was pinned two or three minutes after that. And then they kind of went right to the near falls, Charlotte Bailey. Um, I mean, when she won the title, I said, okay, now don't beat her for like a year. So they haven't beaten her for the title yet. So I guess we'll see where we go from here. Um, 
was it was fine. I love. I mean, I love that flying elbow. It's it's better than the belly to belly as a finish. And I think everybody should have a couple of finishers. But maybe she should have pinned. I think she lost like every match on TV since Fastlane. But maybe you could have had her wrestle like Alicia Fox or somebody and won with an elbow drop, so people would have know, known it was a finish. But, uh, but uh, you know, we we live and we learn. <laughs> and, uh, like I said, you know, my my caveat for okay, if you're going to give Bailey the title on this random Raw, was don't do the hot potato thing like you did with her with Charlotte and Sasha. They haven't done it so far, so I am cautiously optimistic about where they go with Bailey from here. The problem still remains that these are the only four women on the roster. So, uh, as our resident uh, women's wrestling expert. Uh, do you think <laughs> do you do you, do they pull the trigger on the Sasha turn relatively soon, or do you hold that you try to hold that off for Brooklyn? I don't I don't hold a candle to Jim from Virginia, by the way. When it comes to being a, <laughs> when it comes to being an expert on women's wrestling, however, uh, like I read this as okay, well we're getting heel Sasha tomorrow night, um, because a singles program with any of I mean with Nia or Charlotte right now doesn't work. Um, and she she pinked Charlotte cleans the sheet tonight, so I think we get heel Sasha tomorrow, um, unless I don't know they do something crazy like bring up the Sanity Group or I, I don't know I could believe anything right now, <laughs> um, but I think I think Charlotte's out of the title picture for now. I think I think I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> a lot in the yeah. we'll see category tonight. We had a. Uh, a triple threat ladder match for the Raw Tag Titles became a fatal four-way uh, tag match for the Raw Tag Titles, as you predicted, I believe, on our preview show. The Hardys debuted and won the Raw Tag Team Championships. What did you think of uh, Matt and Jeff coming back? How do you think they looked? What did you think of the match itself? And uh, what do you think of putting the uh, tag titles on the Hardy boys? Uh, I mean, they're coming in, and, and it's absolutely the right call to put the titles on them if you're going to put them in that match. Um, God bless the Hardys. Uh, I did not see the Ring of Honor show, but uh, from all accounts, they put in a lot of work uh, in their in their match with the Young Bucks, and then they came back uh, tonight and did another ladder match. Now they only did a few spots each, uh, but they did enough. I mean, Matt Matt did the twist of fate off the ladder, and Jeff <laughs> Jeff Hardy, who is pretty much the Jeff Hardy is in real life what what Shane McMahon's TV character is like he's he's just this ins- he's insane man like and 24 hours after he you know probably nearly killed himself in the match with the Young Bucks he does this big senton uh, on under the ladders with Cesaro and Sheamus there so uh, yeah it was awesome came out with the the old Hardy Boys music they put up an interview with them. Uh, a couple of interviews, one where I guess right as they arrived at the building and then one after they won the titles. And they're pretty much just, they're pretty much just the Hardy boys. It appears. I mean, Matt, Matt was kind of, they, they dropped, you know, every, all of his words. So he would kind of like go in and out of the accent. Um, but it looks like at least for right now, they are, they're just going to pretty much what they did with the Dudley boys. Um, it's, you know, it's 2001, other than Matt's white hair, like it's pretty much, they seem to be treating them like they're just the Hardy boys are back. So 
which you know what we, we really all that matters right now is that there's something that feels new and fresh in that raw tag team division. So I, I can't really complain, but uh, it's going to be interesting how they, how and what they do with the, with the broken gimmicks, which, you know, as of right now, at least are still owned by Matt. So uh, I guess we'll see <laughs> a common theme tonight, but uh, what did you think overall? I enjoy this maybe as much or more than anything else on the show. I thought this was a really good match. Um, yeah, it was a it was a pretty good ladder match, and uh, yeah, Hardy's still did Hardy Boy things uh, here as they're either past or approaching forty, uh, respectively. So uh, I thought this was really good, and uh, maybe Bell to Bell uh, enjoyed it more than anything else. Uh, John Cena and Nikki Bella beat the Miz and Maurice. Miz beat on Cena forever, and then eventually. Cena made a hot tag to Nikki. Maurice got in the ring and uh, broke down from there. And this is all, of course, just the backdrop to John, quote-unquote, proposing to Nikki after the match. Apparently, he wrestled with a ring box in his jorts. What did you think of John and Nikki beating the Miz and Maurice? And then John, quote-unquote, proposing to Nikki after the match. It was what it was. Uh, they didn't, it wasn't all that long. Um, Miz was in, you know, we talk about the power of, of talking smack and how good the Miz has been on that show. Uh, WrestleMania, the hard, most hardcore crowd of the year, they freaking loved the Miz. Um, cheered, cheered everything he did. So, uh, it was, you know, from a match perspective, it really wasn't much. Uh, Miz and Maurice were basically just there to be tackling dummies for for Cena and uh, Cena and Nikki. Um, they did the the tandem offense again, and uh, yeah, it was it was a sweet moment. The crowd who had pretty much booed Cena and Nikki the whole match, even they weren't heartless enough to completely crap on uh, Cena's wedding proposal. So it was it was nice. It's a few, it's you know it's. It's a nice feel good moment. Yes, I assume that they've actually they actually got engaged before this, but uh, you know, for, as far as a wrestling proposal goes, um, it was it was nice and sweet, and it's nice to see people be happy. But uh, man, sure would have liked the John Cena and Samoa Joe match on this show. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. We had banana pudding for our WrestleMania dessert. What do you think? Uh, fantastic. The uh, vanilla wafers in it really uh, really added a lot to it. I like they were just... Uh, I'm entertaining myself at least by reviewing our <laughs> WrestleMania foods <laughs> as we go here. Uh, Triple H and Seth Rollins in an unsanctioned match. Seth beat Hunter. Steph took a bump through a table. They went forever. I didn't think there was anything wrong with the match, and I like that they had a long match where they didn't just kick out of each other's finishes repeatedly. But I uh, was not in the mood for a long match at this point of the evening. That's exactly what Hunter and Seth gave us. What did you think of uh, Seth slaying the king? Uh, entrances were pretty cool. Uh, so keep so keep up with me here. So Triple H is the game. Yes. He's the creator, the destroyer, uh-huh. uh, the king of kings. Yeah. And also uh-huh. a biker now. Apparently, and apparently, like, as yes. like, is he like? And it's and he had a police escort with him. So is he like a a politician biker or like? 
He's a man of great import who also happens. So we had to take Goldberg's police gimmick, like. Ah, uh, I suppose. Uh, You're asking a lot of questions. I don't have a lot of answers for, unfortunately. Just, just saying, just, just observing and repeating what I saw. Anyway, um, no, the entrances were cool. Uh, Seth came out literally carrying a torch. Um, I guess to symbolize Hunter passing it to him, or I don't, I don't know quite what they were going for, but. Uh, it was yeah, it was the cool entrances. Um, yeah, on a different <laughs> on a different night in front of a less tired crowd, I think this would have been like really really awesome. But uh, and and they did work very hard. And when they built up to using weapons and finishers and signature moves, the crowd did start to get into it. And they did a lot of cool. When they started teasing the pedigrees and doing all these wacky counters, um, it got very good. I thought the last five minutes of this so it certainly. You know, Stephanie t- t- took her one bump per year. So, uh, you know, here's to another year of her crapping on everybody on Raw because she gets, she, she gets her comeuppance, quote-unquote, once a year at WrestleMania. So, no, but it was uh, – I thought, you know, again, this might be a match to maybe go back and watch in, like, six months. Um, and, you might, and you might think it's even better than you thought now, but – yeah, it was. It may be a little too long, but I thought overall uh, they did, they did a very good job. Uh, I think you had a assessment. And you're like uh, good, but not great. Pretty much like eighty five percent in Triple H's career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just like to say, among we had some friends over for this show. Uh, I went over to your house, and then we had some mutual friends uh, come over. And uh, Stephanie's pants were a big hit in our living room. <laughs> I believe our one friend, uh, Devin, said that Stephanie looked yummy this evening. Uh, she's like a mother. Uh... I'm just reporting. I'm just reporting right. the facts. That's, that's, uh, that's, we're, just, we're just observing and then repeating. Observe and report. Just, that's what we're here for. Just telling stories. That's, we tell stories. <laughs> Bray Wyatt beat Randy Orton. Uh, whoa, Randy Orton beat Bray Wyatt <laughs> for the w- for the WWE Championship. The crowd had just had about enough, and then they started projecting maggots and roaches and snakes in the middle of the uh, doing special effects, projecting special effects onto the canvas uh, during the match. Felt like they got their time cut, but maybe I'm just projecting at this point. I don't know. I thought the Raw women had their time cut. I thought this match had time cut. And um, I thought the SmackDown women were probably designed to go short, but probably had time cut as well. But I didn't think much of Bray and Randy. I mean, these guys, I think, properly motivated and given proper time could have a really good match. But I didn't think this was that match. What did you think of the WWE title match? Randy Orton worked really hard to get people to care about this and, and God bless him for it. But um, it's like when the mat, when his match started, it was like 1102 Eastern time. Like it was, it was time to go home and we still had three matches after this. So uh, yeah, they, I, I don't understand. They were putting it over that like Bray has new special powers. It's like apparently his special powers are PowerPoint um, <laughs> video projection and 
walking upside down in a, like, <laughs> when doing an upside down crab walk are his are those are his god powers that he has so uh I'm not sure I'm not sure which of the uh, like the Greek gods I, I I need to brush up on my mythology I'm not sure who the the god of video projection is but uh, uh yeah they, they yeah. Or, Orton worked really hard to get people to care and he's basically you know 1985 babyface throwing his arms up trying to get people into the match and you know they they did a little bit but uh yeah I think again different night different crowd this might have been a lot, and you know, a little more time on a show that doesn't run so long. Uh, these guys could probably have a very good WWE main event, but uh, tonight was not the night for that. Brock Lesnar to win the WWE Universal Title. They went about five minutes or so. Just everybody hit everybody with their finishes. They hit a bunch of their big moves on each other. Brock hit ten suplexes on Goldberg. I love this match. It was everything it had to be. Uh, what do you think of Brock beating Goldberg? Yeah, this is up there with like one of the be- best like short matches I think I've ever seen. Um, I remember uh, Goldberg and Sting having a really awesome like five minute match on WCW pay per view. Um, I remember Kurt Angle and Amazing Red having a-, a match in TNA that went like four minutes. That was just really awesome. Uh, there's a few matches that come to mind, like just really great, short, explosive matches. And uh, and that's what this was. It was everything it should have been. It was two big men hitting each other really hard and, and Brock throwing Goldberg around. Can't say Goldberg <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't earn his paycheck tonight. Uh, you know, taking those suplexes, I and mean, we've seen what that did for uh, uh, The Undertaker, and his, who is roughly the same age as Bill. And... Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, you know, one of the best five-minute matches ever, if that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, and uh, now you got Brock as the champion. Got a lot of options. He's he's kind of the guy who he can kind of – you can put him you can put him against heels and he can be the baby face, or you can put him against a baby face and he can be the big monster heel. So uh, you've got a lot of options with Brock as champ. Uh, I know he signed for more dates this year, so I – hopefully it won't be like it was last time he was champion where he disappears for six months at a time. But uh, yeah, I thought this was awesome. Uh, awesome match and hats off to Bill Goldberg and, and Brock for, for taking the beating they did in such a short time. Naomi uh, regained the SmackDown women's title in what turned out to be just a six match or uh, six pack challenge. Uh, yeah. For the SmackDown women's title. They did a lot very quickly. I think I remarked during the match, this reminded me of one of those raw, like, six women tags in the uh, Maurice, Rosa Mendez kind of era where Kelly would be out there doing all these flying head scissors and uh, trying a bunch of stuff that just terrified me. And everybody was working a million miles an hour because they probably had their time cut and everybody wants to get their stuff in and they only get on TV once in a while. And anyway, that's what the SmackDown women's title match reminded me of. I was just, I feared for uh, the health and safety of everyone involved. Mickey did a Fez press off the top rope. I remember she blew her knee out doing that move off the top of a cage in TNA. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know. I can. I need. I need to go back and watch this match in a vacuum. But, but Naomi was very popular. Her entrance was very cool, and uh, Naomi, I think, has really started to do really well for herself. She's having. She's. I wouldn't call her a good worker yet, but she has better matches. She's a pretty good athlete, and the crowd, I think, is really starting to take to her. Um, what do you think of Naomi winning the women's title here? Yeah, I think it's 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 a cool feel good moment. Obviously, they had the bit where I guess, uh, by all accounts, it was a legitimate injury where she had to relinquish the belt, and thankfully she was healthy enough to come back and win it here. And it's a cool moment. She, yeah, that entrance is awesome. It's a that was a yeah that's the kind of entrance you want to see at a WrestleMania. Um, and uh, yeah, we didn't talk about it much on the pre on the on our preview show for WrestleMania, but. But when she came back on SmackDown, she's such she was such a house of fire. Um, she ran through all the heels and uh, just cut the promo saying she was back for Mania and everything. So she's really she's a really likable, like uh, easygoing babyface. She has some cool moves. She has a great entrance. So yeah, I think I think uh, it's also uh, it's just something different. I mean, you look at her and you look at the women on Raw. She's She's a she's different, so a little bit of variety in the in the women's division uh, definitely is a good thing. Well, then we had the WrestleMania 33 main event. Pop up, the Undertaker was defeated by Roman Reigns and had what appeared to be a retirement ceremony after the match. <sighs> I need to go back and watch this in a vacuum someday <laughs> and <laughs> determine whether this was as bad, I think, as I think that you think it was, or whether there were just bad moments and it was okay. I don't know. I think if you asked me to rate it, I would probably rate it two and a quarter or two and a half stars on the, uh, you know, the Meltzer Cornette five star rating uh, system. I don't know. I'll, I can give more thoughts maybe after you've more eloquently explained your thoughts on what may have been Taker's last match. But what do you think of Roman going over Taker here? Um, I mean, if it's if uh, this looks like it was it, so you know, right call. You know, you go go out on your back is the old uh, saying, which sounds very lewd. But uh, which and then Undertaker stripped after the match. Um, <laughs> it's a very very lewd showing from from the Undertaker tonight. Uh, no joke, jokes aside, um, they tr- he tried his best. Um, looked like ev- it was sad. It was sad, man. I I don't I can't say I don't think it was like a negative star match or anything. I uh, didn't hate it. I was just but it just made me sad. And he was limping the whole time. Every time he had a couple of choke slams and had to like catch himself on the on the ropes to keep himself steady um uh the the last ride spot couldn't quite couldn't lift him up um the really bad botched tombstone where they tried to do the flip over but uh roman is roman's a pretty big strong dude but he's not strong enough to pick up the undertaker uh uh dead weight weight. (laughs) he's not he's not that strong um, so yeah, like, I don't, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I, you know, I know I, I have for the last two years or so poked a lot of fun at the undertaker for being bald and old and, 
and saying that he should retire. And I'm not, I didn't, you know, and jokes aside, I'm, I'm, I don't say that with any malice. Obviously he's, he's, he's one of the all time greats. And uh, I guess I'll ask your opinion. Um, I've seen the match, but I did not see it live. I think, I think you watched it as it happened. Uh, did this make you, did you, was this similar feeling to watching Flair retire in 08? Um, or different ball game? <sighs> It was not. It was not as emotional for whatever reason. I'm not sure. Maybe because Taker has always like. I don't believe that this was as emotional for Taker as Rick's retirement was to Rick. Or I just. I think Taker is definitely a businessman more than anything else. He's made a lot of money, investments. He's bought a lot of real estate. I think he has land in Texas. He has land in Colorado. He has other business ventures. Wrestling has been a big part of his life but wrestling is not his life. And so I don't think the guy is completely unemotional. Um, I'm sure he feels sad in some way about his wrestling career probably ending, but I don't think this means as much to Taker as it means to fans or as much as Rick's retirement meant to Rick. Or I think Sean was maybe in a little bit of a different place. Um, but as much as it meant to Sean either. Like, I think, I don't know. Um, this did not feel anywhere near as big as Rick retiring. Maybe just because I've seen so many wrestling retirements and I saw Taker take off his gloves and leave them in the middle of the ring last year against Shane. I'm pretty sure I saw him do it one, one of the uh, years he wrestled Hunter. Uh, so I, like this is obviously very, very much more a retirement ceremony than either of those times. But I've seen him leave his gloves in the middle of the ring before. I don't know. I don't know. Didn't didn't didn't. Uh, I didn't shed a tear, and I cried at the drop of a hat. How about you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, man. Like it's it's sad to see. You know, it's sad to see he tried really hard to have one last great match, and I, I mean, it was not. I didn't think it was like an embarrassment and above all else, I mean, there are a lot of guys who didn't save their money. As you mentioned, he's been very good with his money. Um, a lot of guys who had that kind of scene, that kind of bad, sad type of match in front of 15 people in a, in a high school gym. Um, and he got to go out in front of, you know, 78, 75,000 or probably more accurately like 65,000. Uh, people um, so uh, he, he should have retired after the punk match uh, you know we, I think we both said that before um, that's probably where he should have should have let it go or or maybe after that that hell in a cell with Brock he had a couple of years ago that was probably like the last like very good to great match of his career um, yeah I don't know it's it's sad man it's sad to watch a guy who was you know from, from as far as big men go, he's you know, if not the greatest, one of the very best that's ever done it. And obviously, he's been playing this character for twenty-seven years, uh, unparalleled run of. Uh, and obviously, there was there was the change, and he was he was able to change with the times. They did the the corporate ministry character, they did the biker character, and he was able to kind of transition from version to version very well. So. Uh, 
you know, maybe on our next show we can do, um, be interesting to see if they do like an official retirement ceremony for him on raw tomorrow or anything. Uh, maybe we can get more into a, uh, an undertaker career retrospective at a later date. But, uh, yeah, I think it was, I wouldn't have put it on last. Um, I understand why he's, you know, the company owes, owes a debt to him. Um, and they obviously they got JR to come out and call it, which uh, sort of adds some credence to it probably being his last match. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just <laughs> more than anything else, the emotion I felt was sadness, which I don't think is what they wanted. But I mean, they, I mean, I'm sure they want you to feel sad that <laughs> that the Undertaker was retiring. I don't think they wanted you to feel sad watching him try to hit a choke slam and then watching him wince and fall into the ropes. So I, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> uh, you know, oh, I, I mean, congrats, hats off to him for an awesome career. Um, but yeah, this, this, this should be it. And, and this was the last match. So Roman should go over. Um, so yeah, that's, <laughs> that's about all I got for, for that. Um, uh, it's, it was such a long show that could also be part of it. You're just, so drained of almost every emotion by the end of the show it's kind of hard to have a big emotional moment when it's past midnight on the east coast by the time they're they're doing the finish um yeah it was it's memorable um i'll definitely remember it but uh yeah to me i think the highlight of the whole show um probably probably the hardy boys i think that's that's the that's the feel good happy moment that people will remember for uh, for the next few years to come. Well, I'm sure we'll be t- we'll be talking about the show in the days and weeks to come, and we'll be revisiting it at some point in the future. We'll have some perspective uh, then, and we'll be able to probably talk about it a little bit better now, a little better at some uh, later date. But these are our you know our first re- reactions to WrestleMania 33. And um, I think this is probably it for our fourth of four straight shows. That's all I got, Liam. Do you have anything else? Yeah, just want to just wanna say thanks to everybody who listened and our followers and friends on Twitter who retweeted our shows. Uh, just thanks, everybody. Thanks. This was, this was certainly an, an ambitious project, but uh, I love doing this show. And uh, I'm glad some people listened to it and seemed to like it. And I love you know tweeting during the shows and tweeting with everybody. So a uh, uh, lot, lot of a uh, lot of late nights staying up doing podcasts this week. But uh, I think it was worth it. Spread the word, everybody. A rate and review on iTunes, please. That helps. That helps promote the show uh, further up the charts on iTunes. And uh, I think iTunes is the way uh, more, most people listen to the show. So really appreciate that. Until next time. And I'm Liam. And we'll be back very soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. 
For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. Hey everybody, it's Ethan. Wanted to give a shout out to our friends at Contenders Clothing. Contendersclothing.com slash ref slash the wrestling life. At Contenders, they feature a collection of amazingly designed men's boxer briefs inspired by our athletic heroes and champions. Their boxer briefs use ride control technology, which prevents the underwear from riding up on the leg. Their design and creative partners are John and Mike Anderson, who are the founders of Tank Farm Men's Apparel Line and retail stores in Seal Beach and Huntington Beach, California. At Contenders, they also have an initiative called Everyday Contenders, where they give back to those who are fighting for something. The most recent cause was a second chance, and they're in the process of delivering underwear, hats, and t-shirts to Blessed Mary O Friends, which is a sober recovery assistance program. At Contenders, they really love to give back as well as provide great underwear, hats, and t-shirts. So check them out. Contendersclothing.com slash ref slash the wrestling life. I've hit the button. All right, we're now on the air. All right. No, uh, no BS. Let's just get to it. So here I am with my thoughts of you And this world I've left for me Stoic faces when I think of you And how I once believed So now you call me But you know I won't let you through I've myself to deceive
جرکی بانکی به نام 